are on the rise across the city. It seems everywhere you look, there's something going wrong. With things running amok, companies are turning more and more towards project managers to save them. But a new breed of evil stakeholders has emerged. These stakeholders are focused on doing everything in their power to derail projects. And recently, they've joined forces to form the League of Lamentable Stakeholders. Is all hope lost? Are we destined to continue to absorb the wrath of these party poopers? Fear not, project managers. There are heroes among us. The investigators at Project Pundit's agency are working day and night to identify such serially sucky stakeholders and mitigate their impacts and to dismantle the League of Lamentable Stakeholders. These are their stories. So we're going to talk about the whatabouter. The whatabouter. just giving you the context. The whatabouter. What about this? What about that? What about your neighbor's cat? This is a type of behavior many project managers have to deal with when they run into it. What about her? This lamentable has a superpower to derail your conversations and even your project. But the project pundits' private eyes have found out how to counteract those powers. Listen to find out how. I was introduced to the what about her for the first time I'll say I'll say really understood the concept of a what about her um, for the first time when I had been working for uh, a certain corporation we'll leave names out of it for about 10 years so I had that's, been in this corporation for in the quite middle a while of a merger right now but yeah yeah thank you awesome I appreciate you sharing that now giving them more clues I'm sure no one has any idea what what company I'm talking about while while I was working for this company the um, I was working on uh, we were we were a group of us, including you, were managing the delivery for a, a significant claims payment system, and uh, um, the claims system had really two masters to it. Right, there was the product group, and the product group was responsible for um, telling us, Hey, in the market, the clients are asking for these features, right? They want the, the claim payment system to be able to do this, or, or sometimes providers might want it to be able to do that, whatever. So, so there was the product group who had product features. And then there was the other group, which was the operations group. They were the people that ran the system. And as the system had problems, as the system needed, um, uh, people to go in and intervene for things that didn't do well. There were operations piece of it. They had to they, deal with all of the issues and problems that the system had because they had to run it. They had they had the people that were running that system. I I my my first experience with the what about her was we would have these extended prioritization meetings where we decided what features are going in to the next set of delivery that we're doing. And and as as you may recall, Jim. We're talking about millions of dollars. We're not. We're not talking about small, small amounts. I just, I just want to paint a picture for the broader group. We're we're not talking about enhancements that were a thousand dollars that were, you know, an hour or two of a person's time. This was millions of dollars that we were spending in in this delivery work. And I was introduced to the what about her when we started in these prioritization discussions and we would be talking about a a given feature to say, okay, we're going to do this. 
And the whatabouter was from the operations group and would say, well, what happens when this scenario happens? And the scenario that they described sounded to me, not being knowledgeable, like a very, very remote possibility. And I get it that, that we're talking about millions of claims a day. So maybe something very remote happens very frequently. So I would ask sometimes and say, well, how often does that happen? And they would say, oh, more often than you think. More often than you think. And um, so, so the, in the end, we ended up the what abouter, as they said, well, what about this scenario or what about that scenario? We would go down these rat holes where we would spend hours and hours discussing these crazy, almost never happening scenarios. And it, it not only did it take up a lot of our project's time, but it took tons and tons of the money that could have been spent in what I would have considered much more important priorities. And they say, no, we're going to solve this tiny little problem that what about this? What about that? And we're solving all of these microscopic scenarios that almost never, ever happen. Do you remember? I, I mean, I'm sure there, I, I'd say there's more than one actual physical character that was the what abouter um, in that particular team. But um, I, I, I'll say what I learned. I learned two things from that experience. First of all, I learned their weaknesses. Jim, the what about what are weakness. their weaknesses? The we the what abouters weakness that that I discovered was data, fact based conversation. So the what abouters live in anecdotes. Yep. They not not all operations people do. In fact, operations people often can be very data driven. But the what abouter specifically, someone who says, "Hey, well, have we thought about this scenario? Have we thought about that scenario?" They're not living in data. They're just, they just know that they get complaints from their operations people that say, this happens sometimes and it's really annoying for me to, to do, right? What, what I found when we did this is I would say, okay, I get it. And I pull out my kryptonite, right? Which is things like, how often does that happen, right? They say, oh, more often than you think, right? When they say the more often you think, I'd say, okay, why don't you just send me an actual data dump of the number of instances that it happens. Number one, right, is give me hard data of when it happens. And then the other the other sort of kryptonite to, to, to the what about her is um, fact-based conversations between solving that problem and the return on investment that you get by solving that problem. So case in point, if if Let's say that it happens even more frequently, but it only takes someone five minutes to go in and manually intervene. Um, there were many things that we were solving that never amortized out in terms of trying to automate that problem. Meaning the money that we'd have to spend, let's say that we'd have to spend a million dollars to automate a solution for that problem. Um, they could have in perpetuity just had a dedicated human being doing nothing but solving that problem manually. And they would have saved money instead of us automating it. But, but the what about her never wants anything to be touched by a human being. It's got to be entirely end-to-end -end manual, even if it's much cheaper to just hire a person to, to do it. That was my experience yeah. with the what about her. Well, I, I mean, I, I, know, I, I, I think, I think uh, I've had many experiences with, uh, with such people and 
I will say there there's some overlapping characteristics between some of our lamentables, uh, for sure. But um, uh, in regard to to the what about her, I, there, there there's a certain pathology sometimes to these folks as well. Um, and and I and I think that pathology is they get they get a dopamine boost out of knowing. Uh, where you know where these little bodies are buried, and and it's they're like ahas, like and so you know they get attention in a meeting, they get to go down a path, they get to demonstrate how well they know a process. Because let's face it, a lot of these processes have been around for like I said, 30, 40 years, and and they're not documented, they're not written down, but it's in this person's head, and so I, I think it's, it's it's sometimes a bit power trippy. Um, Jim, that's a great observation. I think yeah. that that in some cases, not always. Now, I'll also say there's there's the there's those who say I want to show my knowledge off right now by doing a what about. Uh, there are also those though that I think are less interested in that than just I don't want my people complaining about this one thing that they do all the time. That that doesn't make a lot of sense. I I think it it does happen both. But that's a great observation. How. It, you're right that lots of people kind of I think maybe do get a little power trip in flaunting that knowledge yeah and I think I think you get you get and, and this crosses over to to some of the other roles we'll get to it in some future show but um, I think they share characteristics with <laughs> one of the other lamentables where you know it's it's the what about regulatory or 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 other sorts of things that you're not going to meet the regulatory thing and it's very much what Brayden said it's like yeah, right. So we're going to violate the regulation. What is the penalty for breaking that regulation? Well, it's $200 per incident. And how many of these do we have a year? Like 20. Okay, I'm going to 20 times 200. Yeah. And it's going to cost us $600,000 to fix this. Like, we'll just pay the fines, right? But math. I, I, it's, it's math. Math is another another uh what about us don't like math they don't no. like math data or fact-based <laughs> conversations no so i think i think you know Braden, you, you got to get into it like you know how to how to, you, you you talked about dealing with with data sometimes but here what i'll say is a lot of us got into project management originally um and then ultimately for me getting into consulting it's just to me and we'll get into that another time it's an evolution of problem solving right and i think we like problem solving so I've gotten caught because what the what about her says is interesting. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a sneaky little problem. I would love to try to solve that. And I find out like two hours later in a whiteboard, I'm like, what just where did what you, am I doing? <laughs> you have been hypnotized. Right, it's right. like it's like the snake from Jungle Book who has those eyes that like flutter. You, you're like, hey, I solve problems and this person has one for me. I. Uh, yes, let's do it. And all of a sudden, you're right. You're down a rat hole. What just happened? Right. It's like waking up with like candy wrappers <laughs> all over the floor, passed out on the carpet. Like, just what happened? I don't remember how I got here. Um, so, you're right. No, that that is another danger of the what about or not not just de- derailing in terms of trying to prioritize things that that maybe aren't the highest priority from return on investment, but they can they can say, give you interesting problems to solve. That's a good point. 
Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I I think I don't I don't know what the danger index is. Uh, what did we have the danger index? I, you know, I I have the danger index. It depends, right? Generally, I say as a as a general danger index, somewhere between seven to eight on a scale of one to ten, right? But if they're well connected, if they have the ear of the operational executive team, if the executive team is really listening to them and they're making a big stink about something small, it can, they can be more dangerous. If they're not well connected, if they're, if they're not close to their operational leadership team because they're making too big of a, a stink about things that aren't important, uh, which which a lot of folks do, then they're less dangerous because people aren't really paying. They're, they're crying wolf too many times, right? So, so if they've cried wolf too many times and their leadership doesn't, they don't have the leaderships here, they're a little bit less dangerous. If, if they're, um, if they're well connected and maybe making a stink about a specific issue, um, then sometimes you might just have to say, Hey, that sounds great. Let's solve this. I, I think it's, it's ridiculous. And we're pouring money, you know, down, down the drain by doing it. But sometimes maybe you have to, to give, you know, something in order to get something. And, and that can work sometimes with the whataboutters. Don't give them everything, but give them something. And sometimes, I, I you know, I, I, I've gone to the extreme of, you know, re- removing them from having a voice on the project, right? So in the Racy Matrix, they go from an R to a, you Informed know. Informed. They go from an R to a C, ultimately to an I. Like, you know. <laughs> can't, can't always do that, right? I mean, there are plenty of times no, 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 where as a project manager, yeah, you're, you don't have those. your input's coming from the operations yeah. team, sure. So I, I think watch out for the whatabouter. He or she, um, and again, I'll say characteristically, you'll find that there have been people who've who've been in an organization for an extended period. Usually, uh, it doesn't have to be, but usually, it's 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 people who've you know have been around for a while. So, um, yeah, I am going to talk about one one of my favorite candidates uh, for the League of Lamentable Stakeholders. In fact, this is probably one of my top three. While continuing their investigations, the fine upstanding detectives of the Project Pundits Agency were thrust into checking out another loathsome anti-hero. Of all the lamentables they've run across to date, this was so far their most dangerous investigation. Find out why as they discuss the MBA. When I say the MBA, I mean a person with a degree of an MBA or a master's of business administration. Or equivalent, right? It doesn't have to just be an MBA. It could be other master's. Yeah, I I, I guess, you know, I I think there's some variance between them, but particularly the MBAs. I mean, I want to separate them because there's the there's a couple of PhDs I wanted to punch in the face as well. Like um, but the MBAs in particular uh, and and I'll say I'm going to I'm going to narrow it down because you don't have an MBA. You have a legal degree. So you're another special kind of advanced degree person. Right. Or do you have an MBA? Are you are you? I think I think Jim's trying to soften this for me because he knows that I have degrees. It's okay, Jim. No, no, you can, some, you can call me the NBA my, if you want to. A couple of my best friends have MBAs, but they don't fall. Let me let me further narrow this. Are they down also a s- sorry? They're not. No, just, no. Okay, that's yeah, an wait. astrophysicist who doesn't wear shoes on stage and charges two hundred thirty-eight dollars a ticket. So um, the MBA, oh. I am talking primarily about 
the Harvards, uh, of the world, the Stanford's the you know, these, these Ivy league, uh, schools where, where people go to school, um, they, they get their undergrad degree from somewhere they get, and then they immediately, or with a very small internship, go immediately into grad school and their, their heads are filled with just giant amounts of stuff and they come out into the world and 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 here's the thing with the NBAs they don't come out at the the first rung of the corporate ladder or the second rung or the third rung these people come out because of their degree and and they come in at, at the lowest i've seen maybe a manager but for the most part they come in at a director level and and and, and they're the worst um, for projects, for companies, and for everything. Jim, Jim, real quick, can I just clarify? Because I think, and, I, and I'm pretty sure what you're talking about is specifically not someone who has gained a lot of experience in the professional yeah. world and then, then gone, gone on to get a secondary degree right. to further their education. You're talking about someone who, fresh from undergraduate straight into a, an advanced degree and then into the corporate world and gets hired into a position uh, somewhere past middle management yeah. where they have zero practical experience. Yeah, so, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. That's not exactly true. Sometimes these these folks will, will take uh, uh, a year to go backpacking through Europe before they start grad school. So it's not exactly undergrad straight I, into I grad forgot. School. They do have some practical experience. Real world. They, and, you know, that's what they call real world experience, right? They've you know, visited a few hostels. Oh, sorry, they don't stay we, in hostels we, usually either. But we, we, we I, I saw, I sent Jim a, a clip of uh, a person who was ranting about how they can't get a job because of a lack of experience, and and then go on this rant about how the degree is my experience. <laughs> you know, people say get your degree, but then they don't talk about how you need experience. The degree was the experience. Oh, I was dying. I love so, that one. It was great. So I've run into, again, a number of my really good friends have MBAs, like like best friends. Um, he's he's just he's just <laughs> insulted all of you, by the way. If you have MBA next to your name, he's talking about you. Yeah, I'm talking about the people who, oh man, I'm, I'm going to get myself canceled. I'm talking about the people who put MBA after their name on, on everything too. I, it's just signs to me. So anyways, the, the whole point about this lamentable, when they get into these roles, so so they'll start off good, right? So they're very good. So some of the characters are extremely good at communicating. They typically will dress really well. Like I'm totally jealous of how they dress. The guys will wear those pants that are a little high so you can see their colored socks. They'll have a good watch on. They smell good. Their hair is done really well same with the women the women are just, it's you know so so they present very way well. too much attention to this stuff jim i'm just these are characters I'm, is... I'm a pattern recognizer fair, um, fair enough you know okay. on, on right. the you know your detective detective you know, quest i get it so i understand you know they have these douchey smiles which you know if you don't recognize them you know but they're they're very confident right but that confidence borders on arrogance or is arrogant and so I, I think I think they come in hot, right? They're like, I got this, I'll solve this. 
so-and-so's uncle, you know, hired me here because I know we both graduated Harvard and I got this and I'm going to, I'm going to take this project and we're going to make $2 million the first year. And they get in and, and then they realize that in projects, nothing is black and white, not a single thing, not one single thing is black and white. I can't admit that I don't have the answers. This is the other thing with the MBA is it takes them a while to get humble to know that, hey, maybe I don't have the answers. Whereas I pretty much go in and like, I, I'll i make a sum and I will like, maybe ex-girlfriends will disagree, but I will admit when I'm wrong, like, like where I don't know something at this point, just because like, I know what I don't know. If all of Jim's ex-girlfriends wouldn't mind leaving in the comments... <laughs> Just whether or not that as that is in fact actually true, I'd love to see that. Or you can email me. My email contact information's in the podcast. Go ahead, just, sorry, it yeah, it, it, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about MBA. So the MBA. So the the problem is at when when they get to the point on projects uh, where where they have a something they don't know how to solve. They'll end up working. They work very hard. Like they'll work 70, 80 hours a week and everything else. But it's just, it's not good work. It's way, it's kind of just spinning and, and they won't ask for help. And then they'll, they, they, in many cases are very hard on the people who work for them and, and have these high expectations that those people work at the level they are working at. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's really, really tough. So they're one of my leading lamentables. These guys, these guys and gals, you know, they, they get, again, hired because of their pedigree. And, and don't get me wrong, these schools do churn out some, some amazing talent and, you know, world leaders and everything else. But it's not, you know, going to a school doesn't equate to being able to, to do things. And on, a, and on a project, you know, you have to, you have to be adaptable and learn. And again, we've, we've talked about this before, but experience trumps um, any sort of academic learnings, right? So, you know, so, so how do you recognize an MBA other than the fact that they'll, they'll tell you, or they're wearing a ring from their school or they meet one of those sets of Or it's of in their email coaches. signature or right. five other places. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On their um, wall. Right. Right. Um, you know, um, they tend to, they tend to, uh, you know, to minimize dissent. Um, they tend to name drop quite a bit. So, you know, uh, it's who they know and they can get problems solved based upon who they know. So a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know, I was uh, I, I was on, uh, you know, I was on the yacht last weekend with so-and-so's, you know, son who's over here. I could just make a call and I'll tell you, and there's some ways I'm jealous of of the networks uh, folks come out with, but it doesn't solve everything. So you'll you'll know that. So they're they're again, they're their explanations of how to solve things are very they're they're woven with a lot of academic like case studies well like in 1997 you know you know Merck tried to do this with this drug and when they did that this is the outcome so you know there's some lessons to be learned there have you ever given like a live interview to someone where you're where you're interviewing a candidate for a job and instead of saying tell me the the, the typical behavioral questions right tell me how you would tell me how you would blah blah blah, blah it's do critical thinking for me in front of me. And I love those types of questions, right? So so I might say, here's a case pattern that we might have to put a project plan together for. Write an outline of a yep. project plan for me right now in front of my face. Go. 
And if you don't know anything about what that topic is, that's okay. You would say, hey, in my plan, I'm going to get smart about whatever this topic is and blah, 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 right? Show me critical thinking. My experience with MBAs, if they're, they're kryptonite, kryptonite, kryptonite is, is having them use experience where they don't have any, right? It's, it's draw on experience in order to solve practical world problems where, where MBAs, and I know you're, your your disdain for all things academic i don't necessarily I do not share. have a disdain i need to i'm going to have to have a disclaimer episode that goes in front of all of our episodes to be clear jim hating all academics but here what what i what i think you know the the, the typical characteristics it's more it's less all mbas than it is mbas that come with a chip on their shoulder right who say hey i've got a pedigree that i'm substituting for real world experience and so their kryptonite is when when you say okay well tell me how you've done this in the past right show me the experience that you have and and you know then then they either have two choices to, to make something up to say, well, I learned about it in a book, or they can say, you know what? I haven't really done this. And, and then you say, okay, well, Hey, why don't you, maybe you can be a little more open to some suggestions that the team members have. Cause even though they don't have the pedigree, some of your team members have a lot more experience than you do. Um, and, and I've done that. When, it when doesn't you, go over when well. you challenge them. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna make someone who has a chip on their shoulder necessarily humble, shy of them having bad experience. The way that I've seen most actually maybe maybe that's their kryptonite right there is real world experience, which they have little of, teaches them through bad results, right? That that's their kryptonite is bad results. When they get these terrible things happen to them as a result because they don't have experience. They say, oh, gosh, maybe my degree doesn't solve every problem that I have. And well, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, hopefully somebody beats the arrogance out of them. Right. I mean, I think that's the that's the only back to violence. Project. Huh. Jim, the, the, Jim is just having a the, violent the, day. So, uh, Brayden, I'm going to disagree with you on this. Something. Here's the thing. The, the pro So if Boy, you're a project manager, for the most part, these people aren't going to be reporting to you. If if they does do, the, does the hat make you into a mob member? I'm just trying to understand, like what? No, I'm just a regular, just like you on this show. We're here to detect and you know all of that. So just a couple of regular. So isn't that what they were called in the fifties? I don't know. How about how like about private? Gum private or, yeah, right, isn't it? No, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Just go ahead. Jim, Am I wrong? Going. There's. There's so much censoring going on right now. I feel bad. Richie's had to already like bleep you out like five times. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just, Jim, I, you're right. I thought that was what it was called. But anyways. Go ahead, Slugger. So yeah. the the MBAs, the problem is they're usually in charge of you as a project or even a program manager. That's been my experience. So the, the problem is how do you mitigate that? I mean, as with anything, continue to make broad relationships with everybody. The problem is those people have usually gotten into those roles. Somebody made a decision to put them in that role. So the person who put them into the role is going to be overly anxious to admit they made a mistake. So if that senior leader, you know, if you can have a conversation with them, maybe they can help coach that, right? And mi minimize that, right? It's, it's, it's a, this is why the, the danger index, you know, for me on this person could be could be up. And 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 I think Braden Braden weighted heavy on the danger index, you know. It's like uh I don't know if you watch Dave Portnoy reviewing pizzas, you know, he's given out like one nine score and Braden started hot. You gotta take one bite and take one bite and rate the pizza. Zero through ten. I give it a nine. Nine, that's wow. a rookie score. Who else? What do you got? Like so he started pretty high. 
you know, I started low so that the nines would be like, oh my God, like he's going to like stab your mother type of thing. Um, lamentable, but again, again, again with the stabbing. <laughs> the, Jim, I, so, but, I've got to get but, him out of this fedora. But the 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 thing with with the generally with MEAs is is they're they're very well typically connected one way or another. I mean, I you don't just fall into these type of roles through like apply. They don't they don't go on LinkedIn and apply to a director role, get an interview, and get the job. It's it's usually through people they know. So. So it's it's really tough. So I think I think maybe one of the other pieces of kryptonite is find find a way of showing that your successes are their successes, and um you know um and and show that you're a value to them and you're making them look good. It's it's hard to do when you feel like they're contravening or contradicting like what you're trying to do. But but your ultimate job is to deliver your project on time, on budget, within scope of quality, all of that. So, you know, you know, do what you can. But again, if, if you're and I th- I'd say if you're in a reporting relationship with this person yeah. and they're a train wreck, they're they're heading down a really bad path. Yeah. Your your other option is to get off the train. That's right. right? That's exactly is, right. Is go find another spot because because sometimes you, you, you're right. Uh, oftentimes you're dealing with MBAs in an external and a matrix relationship, they're easier right. to deal with that way. If you're talking about a reporting relationship, that's yep. tricky. And you're right that you either, either you align and just say, Hey, my successes are your successes. I'm going to show you what we can do together. Good approach. Or, or if, if the person is just going to, going to go down a you know crazy train, you, you jump off and get off at the next station or, or jump off while it's running. So be cautious. Again, I, I want to leave everybody with the understanding that I do not have a, a general disdain for MBAs in general. Again, some of my best, I sound like, I sound like those people who are trying to say they're not racist by saying they have like, you know, another race for, as a friend. <laughs> oh. like, no, a just... lot of my friends are MBAs. I don't hate all MBAs. Like <laughs> Jim, let's, let's see how many people you can offend in one episode. I'll bet you could, you could really go for. I'm I'm proud of you. Good job. Um, can I can I talk about the punching bag? Or are, are oh you, yeah, are we good. Let's with the, let's move on to a non-controversial another lament. <laughs> let me take the next one. Can you feel bad for a lamentable? The sleuths of the Project Punish Agency try to answer the question when they discuss a semi-villain that no one talks about, and often does not even think about. The punching bag. You would be wise to not take them lightly. Find out why. The punching bag um, is, is an interesting lamentable. Of all of the lamentables, I would say the punching bag is is the least direct threat to you. Um, the punching bag is more of an entertainment character, or maybe maybe a character of pathos, in that um, you you feel for 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 these people. So I recall, and and in, in almost every organization that I've been uh, been in, there is a punching bag, and I've been surprised that. This character exists in in almost every pantheon uh, of project management. Um, The punching bag is characterized by a person 
who, for whatever reason, and I don't know all of the psychological drivers for which it happens, is, the res- is on the receiving end of all of the ire of every leader at every meeting. Now, that's an exaggeration, but they, for, for whatever reason, have, have been selected. And sometimes, and I tried to generalize as I was thinking about this role, what, what I thought originated. And, and my, my generalizations, these are generalizations, are that they're, they're often not perfectly competent, but not so incompetent that they would lose their job. Right? If they were terribly incompetent, they'd, they'd, they'd be kicked out, they'd be replaced. So these aren't incompetent people, but they're, they're sometimes a little bit careless or sloppy with what they do. And, and maybe over time, execs have just gotten annoyed with them. And, and it's just this perpetual annoyance because they are on the receiving end of every grilling, of, of every uh, uh, joke, like, like the, the execs and leaders are just relentless, relentless with these folks. And, and um, you know, I, I remember the first time that I was, that, that I experienced a, a punching bag, my very first boss, we were on these conference calls and we'd be on these long conference calls together in his office. There were three of us and he would put us on mute and he would just go on these rants about this person. And he wasn't the only one like like groups of people were were just hammering this one poor person who was in some infrastructure group. And then he would then he would come back off mute and, and we would listen and to interject comments. The hard part was my, my boss wasn't very careful about the mute button. And so on, on more than one occasion, we would be off mute and, you know, that person and, and the my boss would say, that person couldn't manage their way out of a paper bag. And literally go off on a rant, off of mute, on a conference call with probably 100 people. And then someone would 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 just say, uh, I'll call him John. John, you're you're not on mute. And he he would invariably he would say, sorry. <laughs> he would mute himself. Oh, my I, goodness. I just as a, as a side note, folks, uh, uh, just uh, uh, one thing I learned uh, uh, and, and, and this came from an organization that Braden and I both shared is is the concept of the double mute. And so this came out of a, a, I don't know if you remember, a Super Bowl ad. Color's good. Presentation's good. I'm shocked. Glad you like it, sir. You are shocked? Really? Because we're shocked. Shocked you even get it, pal. <laughs> Dave, what are you doing here? Came to fix the mute button. Bye-bye bonus. And after that, I was paranoid, and everybody's paranoid, that like the mute button was broken. So, you know, I think it's, if I remember, it's still star six uh, on most conference lines to mute. That's one mute. And then you have the actual mute on whatever device you use. And so consider the double mute. That's a PSA from, from our <laughs> own right. gym. I don't. So I, this was, would have been before probably the double mute even existed because I just died. <laughs> right. I mean, I, well, actually, I should. You I were la- laughing. Shame was, on you. I wasn't laughing. For, no, I was joining I was in em- in the kick circle for the punching bag. <laughs> it. Well, I was embarrassed, is what I was more than anything else. Here, he had just insulted someone, and what kind of surprised me was, after he had said sorry, and he and he muted himself, he would just repeat what he said <laughs> to us inside the room. He just muted. It was. It was unfortunate because, I mean, honestly, if I were to say, hey, how do you deal with a punching bag, right? There's there's two two things. 
Number one is there is some danger from the punching bag, not necessarily a direct threat from from the punching bag themselves, but you don't want to be collateral damage. Oh, if, I, I, are you going um, with the, uh, this is the guys who bring in uh, uh, guns to work and kill their coworkers? Well, no, 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 no. Boy, Jim, like seriously, <laughs> the I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, so, so for I thought that's where you're McCall, going. <laughs> he has he has now like I think he's referenced serial killing, murder, stab like uh, at like five six references. I don't know what's going on. We're gonna have to like you know keep keep Jim and check. No collateral damage meaning. Let's say the exec gives this guy a punching and a grill and he gets all fired up and then he says, "All right, well you know we'll we'll deal with that later." Who's next on the agenda? Right. <laughs> You don't want to be that next person necessarily um, because you potentially earned, you know, collateral damage from from the leaders or the execs in the room. The other the other thing, though, I would say is for the punching bag is at least give them a kind word. Right. They're the scapegoat for everything out there. A smile across the table. You know, don't let don't let other leaders see you giving them a smile lest you be shunned along with. But. I just I I felt bad for the punching bags both the first time that I saw them and throughout as I've seen them, I I, I don't know how many friends they have in the organization. Go ahead, Jim. That is that is one version of the punching bag. I need to give a a, a very specific variance a variance that I've seen now. So it's a senior executive, usually a C-suite person, and they hire someone who is the equivalent of their chief of staff. So basically it's the person who does their work for them, right? And so they have a, a they have on one hand they have a tremendous amount of of power because they uh folks know they're attached at the hip to a C-suite person, right? I I'm reminded of uh uh, uh who's that dude on uh, the Simpsons uh Mr. Burns assistant there. That's who I picture. Wait, Smithers? Smithers? Smithers, right? Smithers? What's the meaning of this slacking off? Uh. There's a bee in my eye, sir. And? Perhaps you could paddle for just a little while, sir. Quite impossible. Like, sometimes uh, some of these people are a little portly, and, like, there was nonstop jokes about, like, oh, just weird jokes about losing weight or rolling in or what, like... And this person, like, is just, like, they go along with it because it's like being in the club versus, like, you're in the club of the senior leaders, but... But dude, you're getting or do that. You're getting disrespected and like, and and and. But they they inevitably do have the conversations with the senior leaders. So so you do want to make them like they're very dangerous from the perspective of you want to be on their good side because they they wield in those instances I'm talking about a tremendous amount of power because of their their closeness to power, right? Um, but they, they, the amount of abuse they, they, they take in these roles is, is, is in, in some of the, the, the behavior by these senior executives is, is off the charts. Um, so I think, you know, uh, you know, so, so that's just my, my variance on that. Like, take them out to lunch, you know, let them, and by the way, these people in the, and, and it's a double edged sword about their closeness to power. They can be very influential from a project perspective in helping you get, things through right through back channels and everything so you know befriend them not only because they get abused <laughs> but also because you know they're 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 a good person to, to to have on your side and that's why that's why this lamentable if if you want to call that they're kind of they're lamentable adjacent i think we've used these terms on like lamentable adjacent yeah, right? um but but you know I, I it's 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 it it is it is a character that's out there and 
you know, you need to be careful. I think danger index wise, where, where did you land? A little lower, much lower, right? Generally, M- much lower. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say kind of in the two, three yeah. category generally is where where we had these guys. So not 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 as dangerous, I would say, as the naysayer. If you so, want the, the naysayer, I, I I think you know again, there's there's a lot of commonality uh, um, among these. I think. Project Pundit's detectives have run across a wide variety of characters throughout their long and extremely illustrious careers. In the subset of characters, a few select troublemakers stick out. The naysayer is one of them. This particular lamentable troublemaker has brought many project managers to the brink of insanity. So buckle in and listen carefully if you don't want to be overmatched when you run into a naysayer. Outer and an naysayer are, are are close in, in in some instances, right? But the the, the naysayer is just like, just like, right. yeah. I mean, naysayer is like arms folded, just just like you know. And, and again, I I was getting it was getting some of the aliases down, and and when I'm looking at the aliases, they're they're all like Debbie Downer, Debbie Doubter, Negative Nancy, Karens, and I'm like. Oh, that's that's that like I we've those are all female like attributed like names. I I didn't even I, you know as I laid them out. So th- it's this this is not a this is not a female a female thing. But I you know these are just yeah, general terms to give to that. Definitely. Yeah. Um. And and it and it and it's just a character. And 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 again, they could be extremely dangerous, but they go out of their way to find the negative to whatever it is that you're doing or saying or presenting if you're presenting a status or you're presenting that um it, you know it 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 it's always the negative bent um uh on there and then you know there's there's an element of the naysayer who will you know any approach that you're going to take they're going to want to punch holes in it and they're going to want to say no 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 No, 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 it can very quickly, depending on their role in the organization or the role in your project, it it can take everything off track. Similar, and this is where I was getting similar to what about her. You could you could before you know it, you're off you're off like discussing something useless when they can take you off point so easily and 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 taint your messages and 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 whatnot. Um, you know, say it's just like their common phrases. No, it'll never work. This will never work. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. We shouldn't do this. We did this before. We've tried this before and it didn't work. We've tried this before is a really common one, right? Yeah. Oh, we've tried this five times. It's never worked. Yep. And again, I you know if we're if we're trying to take the positive uh, a bias of it's it's probably become from their experience, right? I mean, again, these folks have scars, right? They're emotionally scarred. 
Um, a practical person to an NBA, to an NBA, everyone's a naysayer, right? They're like, what right. do you mean this is going to work? Of course right. it's going to yes. work. Oh, your yes. experience, yep. right? No, give me a break. This, just just follow me and it's going to work out. So I'm sure we look like naysayers to an NBA, right? Right, right, exactly. And then, you know, and they're always they're always going to want to go down and, you know, get more information, delaying, looking for more, get more and, and, and whatnot. And then, you know, I just, I found a lot of the naysayers have some very specific physical characteristics that are, that are there. I, I mean, I mean, we had the huffing and the puffing and the lowered shoulders and the eye roll, the eye, like overt eye rolling, um, you know, and the head shake and it's the I just shake like now. I'm not sure what violent attribute I can talk to about this person since I covered violence and all the others. You, you, but, uh, you always have to have, about, you know, the Oh, I have one. Nas- um, yeah, yeah. I have one. So I, I think their primary weapons, right? So I, I think this will be on the, this is on the screen here, right? Is, you know, they have, they have, they have a machine gun magazine, you know, like filled with decades of failed experiences to draw and fire away on command, right? So it's just like, <laughs> Like, you know, here's why this won't work, right? So there you go. There's your uh, 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 violent... Uh, uh, we need, uh, for this episode, we need to do a montage of all of the, <laughs> the violence that you've mentioned because we've got... It's going to be like a minute long. We, uh, fun stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, and I and I think I think you got to be careful because I, I think the naysayer a lot of times will, will be quiet for like three quarters of meeting and just at the worst possible time, they time their like naysaying their nose right like when you're about to like give your peak climax of your like story and like and they're like well no and like ah oh, dude really just like they're very good at the timing for and again I think part of it is an attention gap it can also thing, but- Jim it also I, I was gonna say the time you're absolutely right about the timing. And they always time it perfectly. It could be at the climax. I've also seen it where it can be right at the beginning. You're you haven't even started. And they're like, "Hey, before we actually get to the agenda, <laughs> can right. I just tell you the thirty ways that this is stupid?" Right? Because right? I've like, read the deck. I've read the presentation ahead. Let me right. right. And I'm like, uh. or that's one. The other, the other that that I've seen too is. You're literally about to hang up. Thanks everyone for participating. You're doing wrap up, right? You're you're three seconds from saying goodbye, everyone. And uh, you know whoever it is, you know John uh, Downer says, "Hey, uh, just FYI, guys, before we before we all jump off, just want to make sure everyone knew that you know blah and drops like." a nuclear bomb and says, oh, I apologize. And they do this too. I apologize. I have to run for a meeting. (laughs) So they throw the grenade and then they they leave. (laughs) I I threw one out for you. They, they toss the bomb and then they dash. Oh, sorry. I got, got to go see it. That's literally happened to me. I'm sure to to lots of people, dozens of times where it's the last 30 seconds. Here's a bomb and I've got to go. Well, I mean, this may end up being, a, and I didn't have this in our Lamentables, but it just reminded me of, a, and I, I didn't invent this term at all. This was uh, one of my mentors actually <laughs> referred to a, a Lamentable stakeholder. He he does have an MBA, but he was experienced. Uh, so, but he, <laughs> so there was this particular executive on this engagement that we had, and and she was all about her political growth. But when you're when you have when you have responsibilities over a set of work and everything else, and you're not there except she he he called her the swoop and pooper, um, so she'd swoop and poop 
and that's a good lamentable and and but that's it reminds me of that where it's like you come in you drop a bomb uh and, and then you're like and then it's like the bungee, last bungee minute. boss i've heard it too bungee boss yeah oh really that's interesting that one's cool too S- so. same idea right yeah, yeah. Where you sort of come in yep. Give a whole bunch of, of feedback right. that yeah. you know, everyone's like, well, wait, what? I, I need more. Shoot. And yeah. then you're gone, gone. right? Right. Yeah. Bunch gone. Of um, I think so. So I think I think from a from a, you know, how do you how do you how do you combat this again? A, a very similar techniques. The, the the kryptonite is similar to a to a what about her on a couple aspects. Use data. Um, it, you know, don't. So when someone is presenting, no, then say, OK, what do you recommend? What is your solution? Then if you're going to say no, put them on the spot. And then, and a lot of times they'll say, I don't know. All I know is it's going to work. And you say, well, I appreciate you pointing it out. But that is, you know, at this point, it's it's not, you know, and, and, and you're going to have to develop the techniques and, and different things like this. But again, data and, and drilling on questions and things like that. And then and then minimizing again, minimizing their voice in situations if it's if it's a, a recurring thing, right? And 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 this is usually chronic, right? These are well known, like everybody knows who the naysayer is, and like and they're all cringing about having them in a meeting. So you got to manage that. Jim, um, can I just say so? So you're right. I think minimizing the voice, and I think you actually tied the two together. So asking them what they would do sometimes has been an effective way of. Mm-hmm of having them be at least a little quieter. Number one, because I think you appeal to them to say, yeah. hey, I want, I want to, to hear your opinion. That's right. And and oftentimes I think the naysayers are about wanting to be heard. And when you say, hey, okay, uh, you know, I don't have all the answers going back to the NBA, right? I don't have the answers. Naysayer, obviously you're saying no because you have experience. If we're if we're taking the wrong approach, give me some suggestions. I'm open to it. Help me understand what, what we can do. And, and then... It, one of two things happen, right? Either they say, I've been heard, but I don't have any good ideas. And sometimes that helps where they're just like, uh, I'm not sure. And, but but then maybe they're not as vociferous because they've been heard. They know they're included. They know their opinion's welcome. And and once, once you've satiated that need, some of the naysayers will just say, I don't need to continue to shoot, shoot at this. Um, but but sometimes I will say people will so so let's connect some more. So sometimes to your point, I think sure. people have become naysayers because they've been managed by MBAs. Right? And so it, people aren't listening to them and so they've just you, gotten you bitter. give them a voice and right? your naysayer suddenly becomes your solution architect. I love it. So so <laughs> I want I want to I want to basically uh just just uh, leave people uh, one of the lessons I learned as much as I despise the organization that Braden and I worked for, for the psychological harm that was imparted on me uh, during that time in my life, I will say that there were some lessons that have come out of there. One of the things that they used to, they used to just, just like pluck, and at the time it's just like, like just those HR things that are just like, like, all right, everybody, before we begin, I just want to go over a new concept uh, uh, I think you know uh, it's been a you know it's been a little bit tough uh, environment lately. So I want everybody to, when you're speaking to somebody else and they send you a message, I want you to first assume positive intent. And at the time, I wanted to strangle the person. Again, another violent reference. Assume person like this is not what I want to hear right now. I want I want to hear you like you're gonna take care of the root cause of the problems. But I, I will tell you in hindsight and and through years of therapy and other things that the concept 
of of always starting with assuming positive intent with the naysayers or the whatabouters or anything else is a good place to start, even though you may still end up in the place where they're intending to do negative things. If you assume positive intent, you know, you, you, you often get to a better place. Even I think even when you can't assume positive intent, someone someone comes and is shooting both barrels at you and oh, sure. they're clearly clearly negative intent. I think even then you can still say, hey, I need to contextualize what this person is doing. Right. And and whether it's a conversation directly and just maybe maybe offline. Right. But you say, hey, I could I could tell you felt really strongly about about what we were talking about. Do you have some time that you can share me some context? You can quickly go from having having uh, someone in the League of Lamentables to coming to, you know, the the justice. Uh, uh, so I don't know what we haven't. Who, who's, yeah, we, who we haven't been the, the positive side of this yet. But, we uh, need we need to think of the other side. But but you can you can often come onto the other side just by taking some time to you know talking about being being raised by an MBA. Yeah. Some some of these folks' backstories. Boy, we got the comic thing going. Some of these folks' backstories could really come from being traumatized by having really bad managers, yep. bad mentors, folks who aren't listening, aren't hearing them. Um, and, and maybe the first time that you go out and you say, gosh, I'd like to hear you, it, it transforms. I mean, how, how many, I've, I've had lots of people where I've got them on my side and working with me as opposed to against me just by a simple conversation saying, I actually do care about your opinion and, and listening to them. Yeah. And listening. And, and I think, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking of something else. So, um, I, I was at this place where I saw Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, in a show. Um, and, you know, I have my opinions on, on this fine gentleman. But at that place where Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson was speaking, um, there is there's actually one of those. Oh, what is it called? Um, it's it's one of those. Uh, 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 it's an entertainment. No, it's a room. Like it's a room, and you can just go in and break stuff with like a baseball bat. You ever see that? So they put TVs and everything. It's it's where you could just go nuts and break stuff. You've never seen these? Jim, they're all over Jim, the place. The, you need to go to one. To, today, I, I don't have violence. You, every there is every, no violence in my soul. Okay, good. Um, but you, that's for great. the punching bag and a naysayer and a what about her? If 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 what's behind there? And I've taken teams out for paintball and, you know, that's, you know, that could get dangerous. That's another outlet, right? Shoot your coworkers, but, um, with a paintball, um, but, but the, the, uh, what's the place? It's, it's a place where you go and you, you, you basically pay a bunch of money and you can go and, and smash the things. smash forum. Yeah. Smash yeah. Room, um, we, we call it, um sure. but yeah, so I think, I think though, you know, um, we, we, we point out, um, I think we're purposely being extreme with um, our characterizations and, 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 of these folks and overgeneralizing like yes, crazy. Overgeneralizing. Right? Hopefully, folks understand we're overgeneralizing on purpose. On purpose to to try to make this humorous, but you know, there's you're going to run into some some version, some flavor of of these folks, and 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 honestly, we we decided to do it this way to be a, to be a little cute with it, but but these you know this danger index is a real thing if. If you don't, if you don't manage to that, they're they're going to have potentially seriously negative, could have seriously negative consequences to your project. Sometimes you won't even see it coming, and those and, and there's other things we're we're trying to point out. So, 
Um, I, I, I want to Jim real, yeah, real quick. The no, only other please. thing before you, before you wrap up is just, I, I also want to make sure folks understand you, each of you can be a uh, on the lamentable league yourselves. Each, each of you, I have probably filled some of these roles, not, not the NBA yet, but, but, um, there are roles that I've filled even unintentionally, right? But maybe from my experience in a meeting, I might say in a way that I didn't intend to because I wasn't mindful, have shot down someone's great idea. Uh, and to me, I'm just like, oh, thank goodness I helped that person avoid this pitfall. And to them, they're like, and there's your naysayer right there who just like blew up my whole meeting, right? Be a, If you're aware when you are filling the role of a lamentable, there are ways that you can um, show people that you're not trying to be in opposition to them. Um, and you can share messages. You can fill those roles in a way that you don't have to be in the league. You can still be a stakeholder, just not in the lamentable league. You can do it in a way that that's positive, especially in, in most of these in a less public forum. That That's oh, for that's almost the, that's, all of these. Yeah, that's why all of you these know. are mostly about public forum versus non-public forum. Right. Um, although we have some future characteristics like, uh, are, are lamentables like the mob boss who uh, are happy pulling you into a back room and and doing. Some... I want I want you to wear you're <laughs> you're going to wear that hat for the mob boss because that's going to be you. Okay. Um, Jim, so anything I, else I, you you were? Yeah, no, up? I I I think just in 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 wrapping, would love love your opinions on. So I think this is you know depending on if we get canceled or not after this episode, um, this may be a, a series where we're going to introduce future lamentables. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Braden can't turn to a second camera since it exploded on the last episode. Um, kind of did, it, actually. It, yeah, um, it didn't cause a fire, but it was yeah, scary. Unfortunately not. Um, that would have been... As long as and nobody the, got Now, here. arson. We did need to finish it off with arson. Thank <laughs> right? you, Jim, for Rounded completing up. the... The violence yeah, yeah, circle, awesome. uh, the circle yeah, of violence. Awesome. Um, Don't no, finish up with arson. Do you do you guys uh, do you guys agree with these uh, with with these uh, 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 lamentables? These these stereotypes, as you know, that's 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 what they are. Do you are there others that you see? Just I'd, we'd love to hear your comments because this is this is a fun one. I think when you're in the trenches on a daily basis and you've done this long enough, you start to see a pattern of of different types of folks you run into. And, and, and part of the reason I'm talking about this is it's, it's cathartic, at least for us. Um, hopefully it's, it's for you. And, uh, and again, uh, this is not meant to be serious other than the Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson pieces, um, you know, um, uh, which is a whole separate thing. We're, but anyways, back, back to Neil Tyson. I just, man, you were frozen on this guy this whole yeah he doesn't okay. believe Separate in aliens discussion. i mean just that how can you that, now, now that just, hey i can i can agree with you there that that's <laughs> that's a tough stance i I don't agree with that one um but anyway so <laughs> so that's it on this episode um again uh, uh um hope you enjoyed it. it's a little bit of a deviation from our standard um and Braden was wearing a suit so give him props for that um Dun, da, da, dun, da, dun, da, dun. There you go. No. Um, <laughs> and so, you're wearing and a fedora. I'm wearing a fedora. Detective, detective quest. Couple of um, Again, I don't know why it's, it's private, right? And that's what we are investigating. On that note.